Hi, and welcome back to Realistic Sustainability. I'm Mike, and I'm not here with Nick. I'm not. Nick and I are still struggling to get on schedule, but don't worry. It's not just me this time rambling on to myself, doing shorts when they're supposed to be long. I did go get Mr. Rob Bogan. Tis I. Hello. Hello. <laughs> and and the classic Star Wars hoodie. I, oh, yeah. that, that is on point. I'm loving every second of it. Thank you. Thank you. It was a, it was a Christmas gift and I, uh, I wear this thing quite a bit. I love all the, uh, all the different starships. Well, I appreciate you jumping on and, and joining the show today. Nick has been so ungodly busy, not just with catering, but he opened up something called soul box where he's actually doing meal prep for people. And it, he's running food all over Genesee and Shiawassee County on a regular basis and still holding that normal job. Cause you know, they're, they're running out of people, so Nick's heart is three times the size of a small car, and he is going to be, he, he refuses to let that place fall, so he's constantly cooking there, too. So I really do appreciate you stepping in and helping us out here. Not a problem at all. Um, I did see that. Uh, Soulbox looks like it is going to be incredible. It actually already is. I saw a couple of pictures of the meals that he's making. So kudos to him for for keeping it going. And uh, yeah, man, anytime I get a chance to step in and and talk sustainability or learn something more importantly, I'm I'm all about it. I, I truly, genuinely enjoy these. So I'm looking forward to it tonight. Well, in this episode, I have already recorded with Nick, but as you know, I've been disappointed with the audio of my headset when we're doing something outside of the podcast. Plus, it really extends the amount of edit time it takes in a podcast because everybody, you guys may not know this, but with Nick and I, we breathe a lot and you could hear it through the speakers and we go through there and take out every single breath we can, which by the way, takes hours. So we, I moved to a boom style microphone pretending to be professional and Nick and I recorded and I did not stay right next to my microphone. So we have a recording where Nick talks to well, basically no one periodically <laughs> as I, cause you know me, I like to move. I like to like move my body around and use my hands. And I did not realize I got to stay within about eight inches of this thing or it does not pick me up. Yeah, you uh, you have a you have a zest when you speak. You're always, <laughs> you're very animated. And uh, as far as the breathing, man, you know, there's there's nothing wrong with having a lust for learning. You know, <laughs> just oh. heavy breathing, learning, spitting the knowledge, and I'm pretty sure that translates to people. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, there's nothing wrong with that at all. I am I'm super. I, I know you're you're about to get into it, but I am super excited to talk about the the topic today because. It was something that I had no idea was a thing. It was something that I had no idea even existed. Like I legit thought you were just, you finally lost your mind and just type something into the show notes. No, and and this is something that if you're a longtime listener, you're going to hear about every fall. Because I do believe it's extremely important that we we talk about it on a regular basis and we build off it each each year, adding a little more information or new information. Because it's something that, like you said, people don't know about. They don't even think about it. And there's so much to it that it's, I just feel like every fall at minimum, spring, it would be worthwhile too. But every fall I do shorts and I do a show because it is extremely important to talk about sick building syndrome. And that's what we're going to talk about this week because it is a health problem, especially in America. I, I, I noticed that. Um... It is something that most, uh, I don't want to say government officials, but most officials in general typically try to downplay like, hey, this isn't a thing even. Well, and it's because because it's hard to control, first of all. It is something that very few people understand. So I know when, it, especially when you're a climate nut and all these other things like me, they always play those down because if they don't know the details, they don't want to look stupid. So they just kind of pretend like it's not a big deal in the hopes that since you don't know much about it, you'll just move on to something else too. And it's kind of a costly fix, you know, which I don't think it really is. They think it's a costly fix. I think knowledge helps resolve a lot of these problems. And if they just acknowledge that, yes, it's a thing, we, here's some steps you can do to help minimize it, it wouldn't be something they had to hide behind. 
it is the ignorance of the topic that makes them hide. And it sounds really scary. Sick building syndrome could be a dozen different things if you didn't know anything about it. But the fact that it's a syndrome tells you that it isn't uncommon. And I, and a lot of times I tell the same stories on some of these, and you're, I'm going to cover some of them again because it hits home how important it is. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, I think that you know, can be said about a lot of things, but with sick building syndrome specifically, I need to first know, you know, and I know you, you've probably already covered the super high level explanation, but like for me, I need it to be explained to me like I'm five once again, because I I looked into it and it it sounds like it's something that is crazy serious. But at the same time, if it can't be officially diagnosed like how how do we even know that it's a thing well and some of the effects are very common so that's one of the problems but a a sick building syndrome is any building that is associated with complaints by the occupants of illness without cause that's really all it is is people who have developed the sickness of some kind and don't know the cause and if they change locations it gets better So if you spend a lot more time, like in the summer outside and you always feel better, but in the winter time, you're, you're very run down, not the vitamin D run down, but you start creating extreme fatigue. You start having throat itching and dryness. You have headaches, itchy skin. These are dry skin, which is a winter thing, especially up in these states and these snow states. But, and so a lot of these are very common, eye irritation, nose irritation. It doesn't necessarily mean you have a cold, especially when it lasts long periods of time. It can be your environment. So this is this is like a a, a condition that is experienced by a shared group of people then? Usually. Now, everybody, and, and I never pretend to be a doctor, and I always tell everybody, no matter what I say, talk to your physician. Don't think that you either A, have an illness of some kind because I said so. What I'm going to teach you is what it is. But I also don't want people to be fooled when the doctor says you're perfectly fine. You really don't have a problem and you have chronic coughs and your eyes are always itchy because you're miserable. There are other outside influences that can lead to those. And it doesn't have to be your home. Actually, a lot of sick building syndrome cases can come from public schools. They come from office buildings. There's a lot. I mean, sometimes people basically live in their cars. They're driving constantly and all that dirt and dander and all the things that are embedded in that enclosed environment because you're not rolling the windows down in the wintertime can affect you too. But there's more than just your own home. Factories, so places of work can also lead to it, especially since in the U.S. we spend a lot of time at work. A considerable amount of time. And, and, and if, if what I'm hearing is correct, that means just there's a lot of people that are rejoicing right now because they're like, see, I knew it every time I come to work. I just <laughs> I get bummed. I get a headache. I get this weird pain in the neck and it, it goes away as soon as I clock out. That's that's not a, <laughs> that's well, not a made up condition. That's real. Right. Is that what I'm hearing? Now, you, it may be stress, depending on where you work, but it can. there are other things that can be out there, and it's usually identifiable. So years ago, when I was still in college and I was trying to find jobs that would let me work there and work around my class schedule, one of the jobs I did was I worked at H&R Block as a tax professional. And the job that I got was in Swartz Creek, but the building wasn't ready because it had flooded during the off season. And the H&R Block only works during certain parts of the season. And now they have some year-round locations. This was not one of them. Well, it had flooded and sat until it was time to come in and look. And they were like, this isn't going to fly. There's, you know, black mold up the walls. So they brought in one of those like fire restoration companies that came in and redid everything. They cut out part of the walls. They, they, they used this like vacuum system on the drywall, replaced the carpet, cleaned it down to the, the cement to put everything. And the other companies put everything back. All of our computers were gone, all new computers. And so when you work at H&R Block, in most cases, it was me, my manager, who was a little bit older than me, and a lot of really old ladies, like the average work in, average age in that work environment was certainly mid-70s. Not okay. saying it's bad. I'm just giving you an idea. 
Just listing in demographics. Yes. And it, and about a month into our tax season, one of the ladies was in, hospitalized with a lung problem. Everybody, and, and again, you're working with elderly women. A lot of times people just assume age. Well, a second person went out sick with pneumonia. And then a third who was trying to tough it out was like, man, it's just, it's that kind of year, man. We're all getting sick. And that's when I started to think about it. I was learning about sick building syndrome at the University of Michigan. So I asked for the, the cleaning report from the fire restoration company, which by the way is com- impossible to read, impossible to look at the numbers and know what it means. So I started Googling what each of them meant. And the report they gave us showed that the amount of spores in the air for different contaminants had, was twice the level it should be, which means that they handed us a report that said the air is contaminated, mm-hmm. thanked us for the time and cashed the check. So what I did is I took that report and wrote down in layman's terms what each thing meant and handed it to the, to the boss at the time who called the company back. And that's what it was. The air quality within the building was contaminated. There was bacteria in the air. There was mold spores that were still around. Most of it was around the air ducts where the drywall didn't get replaced. And what it was doing was just pushing it out into the air every time the HVAC system turned on, Mm -hmm. circulating it. And some of the individuals in our work environment were not, because I had no problems whatsoever. It didn't bother me a bit, but with people with people with compromised immune systems were unable to manage it. Once that was taken care of and our staff slowly worked their way back, they were fine the rest of the year. That's crazy. And, uh, but I, I can see that being a thing because, you know, during the initial onset of COVID even, there wasn't a whole lot of emphasis behind, you know, circulation and air circulation but then as we learned more about the virus and that you know that is essentially how it's passed and how it spread there was an immediate 180 like hey certain businesses restaurants smaller office buildings you know you guys need to invest in, in better circulation or you know um what's the word that i'm looking for air purifier or whatever the case the is filtering it, systems yes air filtering systems you know to to help reduce this this possibility and it sounds like this is something that places companies small businesses large businesses alike that like that should be a central focus then to prevent things like this right well they have certain levels in which they are supposed to maintain but who checks them I mean, who checks them? You have a large office building, but the the back storeroom had flooded once and they mopped it up and moved on. They don't look at the boxes that were on the ground where the bottom is still wet. They don't look at how the drywall was touched quite often. And as the air, a lot of those rooms have an air return in them. So as it creates this stuff, it's just going to pull it into the system just to be delivered somewhere else. And that is something that very few people think about. If you work in a factory, remember, if you smell it, that's a particle. Mm-hmm. So every time you're, you know, you're the smell of burning or the smell of oil or this or that is, that's a contaminant in the air that you're smelling. So it doesn't matter where you work. I mean, the fact of the matter is when you turn on a Scentsy candle, you're putting w- evaporated wax particles into the air and you're sucking them down into your lungs. <laughs> it right. is a it's a pleasant way to go, but it's still <laughs> a a contaminant. Now, is it going to kill you in a normal lifetime? Probably not. You know, the stink pretties are usually food grade and those kinds of things. But mm-hmm. anything you smell is a contaminant of some kind. And so it, here's another question that I just thought of. And, you know, with this being... This is obviously something that, that is an issue. It, are there places where sick building syndrome would be more common than others then like or is it pretty much just anywhere where you know water damage and and um pollutants aren't cleaned up properly can can this be found more in a home than in a a standard office building or are there more places that are or i'm sorry are there places that are more susceptible to it well Obviously, the older any structure is, the more likely 
that you're going to have a contaminant either from spills or damage you know there's the older something gets the more chances you have and the newer something is the more ventilation the more technology is in them so first of all that aside because remember there's a handful of things that you may not think of that are part of sick building syndrome. I right. told you if, you, if you smell it, it's a contaminant. Obviously, mold and bacteria is an easy, low-hanging fruit. But when you buy a new piece of furniture and you set it down in the living room and you, you sit on that furniture and you're like, oh, I love that smell of something new, that is off-gassing. That is a chemical wash or a chemical process of something that was made giving off gases so when you buy a brand new car, you get it and you're like, oh man, I love that new car yeah, smell. New car smell, yeah. That is off-gassing of several different materials. The cleaners, all the things they use to produce it are literally clam baking in your vehicle so that when you get in it, that is all the chemical washes at once. We literally make stink pretty air fresheners for cars that smell like chemical toxins because we're so used to it. Yikes. So, and it just to bounce back to an earlier point that you made that, you know, obviously the older a building is, the more susceptible it would be. So that to me points to like a pretty considerable level of concern for like schools, right? Like most, most school buildings are already behind, like, you know, in terms of, of upkeep and, and um, modernization. So that to me, it seems like this would be something that would be a tremendous issue in in school buildings. Yeah, unfortunately, in the United States, we don't like to fund things through the government. So schools, any federally governed building, federally governed housing, all of that stuff tends to be old with minimal maintenance. So we take some of our most susceptible people throughout the United States Some of those are aging facilities, and they don't get the same kind of funding that a new commercial or corporate building may have. And you may run into some things like this because of that, because you're not maintaining it in a fashion, or you're not funding it to where they can do the things they need to do for circulation purposes. A lot of times it's old buildings. Like my house does not have a ton of air returns because it's an old farmhouse that was retrofitted to be new but it was never designed to have airflow the way it needs to be we had to go in and add airflow in other places just so my furnace wouldn't blow up i was burning up uh, blower motors because there just wasn't enough air so think of these large apartment complexes schools any of these facilities they don't have the circulation a new building does yeah, I'm I'm immediately thinking of, you know, almost every every place I loved, even as a kid, you know, not just school specifically, but like the library, you know, things like that. Like, my God. And, and this is something that, unfortunately, if there aren't steps that are put into place to mitigate the issue, then it basically just sticks around forever and ever and ever and, and potentially worsens over time. Right. Yeah. I mean. So I talked about off-gassing. So all the furniture in your house at some level is still off-gassing. It's giving off that chemical glaze over the wood so it protects it, or the scotch guard on your couch so it will never get a stain is all still slowly. It just is more extreme when you buy it, but it will do it through most of its life. Matter of fact, by the time it's done off-gassing, it's dust, dirt, dander, mites, those things that are now affecting you. So the couch has been there six years and you flop down on it. It's not going to have you an off gas. It's going to be dirt, dust, dander, you know, your skin. Right. I was <laughs> it's all say flying, flying into the air <laughs> that you don't even think of, especially yeah. if you have pets, if you have pets in the home, it goes up dramatically. And that's in our household. We have a ton of kids, you know, a, a ton of pets. If you count, if, if I believe a ton of pets, The kids would want 40 more, but I believe a ton of pets. (laughs) And we have a vacuum system that uses water as the filter to capture the vast majority of it. And we still, there's times the cat jumps down onto a bean bag and you can just see the poof that comes from it. And 
there's a lot of buildings that aren't even that can't deal with it you know i may not have the best ventilation but we do better than most because we understand it right and you can't just open a window if you open a window and the pollen comes in it's the exact same thing you're just spreading it around at that point oh i do it on purpose i have one window at my house that i'm growing a lilac tree or bush or however you want to say it so that when i open that window because the air moves through there it's going to blow the beautiful smell of lilac throughout the house I did that, and then I married Jameson and Grayson, who have ridiculous allergies to everything outside. <laughs> so now if I ever open that window, I'm risking killing half of my family. Yeah. But, but the point is, is that you can't just open a window to fix the problem. Mm. If you have carpet, you have a massive amount of contaminants in the home. Mm-hmm. Bottom line. It's, it is a contaminant sponge. It stores it in there. Every time you step on it, it poofs. Every time you lay on it, you move the furniture. We have we still have a little bit of carpet in the house, and it will end up being removed. We'll be at a point in which it's all hardwood floors because that can be cleaned. Carpet really can't. Right. It will never get to the status of clean. And so you have all that possible you know mold spores can live in there you've got bacteria all the dirt dander that kind of stuff that goes along with things we already knew asbestos radon that we have houses tested for these are all things that happen if you live in a household where someone smokes it when you go outside and you smoke when you come back in you smell like smoke and if you smell it it is there right so these are all things you have to look at. The fact that if you have, you know, they pushed everybody to move to natural gas. We want It's so much cheaper, move to natural gas. By the way, if they ever push you to something because it's cheaper, it's because they're about to raise the price <laughs> because they're adding more people to it. Supply and demand, don't right. do it. But anyways, they moved a lot of people over to natural gas. Combustion is never a zero sum. It's not a mass balance. You're going to get a result you're going to give you're going to get an emission and so all these that sit there with their pilots on in the house are constantly burning small amounts of natural gas and giving off the co2 or even you know a little bit of methane that is all contamination it is all so in your house think about all the furniture think about all the carpet tons think about all the things that run from gas and we're now just starting to get an idea of what is in the home that we're breathing all night when we sleep, mm-hmm. all day when we're home. So you can see where you could start to develop headaches or different things, different irritations, and you have no idea where the heck they came from. Right. And it it is, to me, you know, that could be one of the, the biggest, I'm trying to think of the, the best way to phrase it so I don't shock the audience, but like <laughs> that's, that's a pretty big, uh, you know, mind game right like you 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 start feeling off and and you remove yourself from one place and and you feel a little bit better and then you get back to a place that you spend a considerable amount of time and i would think it would work almost the exact opposite like you're you think i'm here so much it couldn't be this maybe it was something that i ate or or something that maybe i switched laundry detergents things like that so I want to ask you this, though, now, because we know what sick building syndrome is, we know what it does, we know where it comes from, is there a way to fix it or improve it in addition to the few things that you've already listed? Well, there is a list of things that we can do to make it better. But I I want to say a couple of things real quick before we get to that. The first one is Americans spend 90% of their time indoors, in your home, in your work, in your vehicle, in your local stores, wherever you're at. Americans don't seem to go outside very much unless they're trying to get from one indoor to another indoor. So we spend a ton of time, almost all of our time, in enclosed spaces. Number two, one in four buildings in the United States is classified sick. 
Yikes. Which means that, and again, a lot of this stuff is normal. You're using normal cleaning solutions to clean your bathroom, and you're like, hey, that smells clean. Right. That smells like chemical wash. (laughs) (laughs) We've just been sold by commercials that that smell equals clean. Mm -hmm. You know what clean smell is? No smell. That makes sense. No <laughs> particles going in your nose that register as a smell. Yeah, I mean, you don't you don't normally think about it like that though, because like you said, you, you know, we've been sold on this idea of of clean and clean smells like you know lemon pledge or <laughs> you know pine saw and comet mm-hmm. and things like. But these are all like really harsh chemicals at the end of the day. And sure, you know, it'll make that entertainment system or entertainment center look really nice and shiny, but. You know, what are we at the end of the day putting into our bodies as we use it? Right. And it's because it's socially acceptable and it's been done for generations. But the problem is Americans spend more and more time indoors. That number would change pretty dramatically if you go back 50 years or 100 years. And the concept is we're we're locking ourselves in smaller and smaller spaces and using more and more chemicals. There's a chance doesn't mean that it happens it doesn't that this stuff doesn't generally seem to bother me at this point in my life but there's always a chance because everybody's uh, body chemistry is different it can affect you Mm -hmm. 64 million workers experience two or more of these symptoms on a regular basis throughout the year Mm -hmm. and they may not even be accounting it to where they work or where they live they just say i have allergies and they leave it at that. And they go to the doctor and the doctor says, hey, you got a runny nose and itchy eyes. You got allergies. Right. Here's a pill. Unless they put the, what is it, 50 or 60 shots into your back like they did Jamie to create like the world's most painful grid system I've yeah. ever seen. You don't know if you're actually allergic to those. Mm-hmm. They're just guessing. They give you some kind of, you know, Claritin or a pill or something, an inhaler and send you on about your day. Right. Before I start talking about those things that we can do, remember that. Mm -hmm. I mean, go outside is one thing we can do. And that's coming from a guy who doesn't spend a massive amount of time outside. Luckily, I have a Jameson and she takes me (laughs) hiking and all these wonderful places. Yeah, you go camping and and all that. I I did notice that. Now, before you go into because you you got me thinking now, too, before you go into the fixes for it. the metaverse there's there's a lot of focus and talk around this thing which essentially creates a a world inside of your own home therefore giving you even less incentive to leave your house so is this something that is is gonna make things worse in terms of sick building syndrome because i can see now kind of like i don't know if you've ever watched it but there's you know classic Pixar movie called Wally, where you know everybody kind of stops it's walking. Floating and, chair, yeah, exactly, exactly, and everybody's indoors, and you know they're just living their lives out in VR, and everybody's ankles are weak because they don't, they don't walk. So, like, is is this metaverse thing going to be a, a harbinger of um, a sick building syndrome uh, plague in in the near future? Well, and and for those of you who don't necessarily know meta or metaverse beyond Facebook, it is it is that VR meet space, that space where you you plug into other people through a world. It's like playing your online games, but you're the you're the character, you're the avatar. And so here's the deal. We are already, especially with COVID and that period of time, starting that process to getting to that point. Amazon brings most people their items that they would usually go shop for, clothing, stereos, whatever it happens to be, a lot of people. And it's proven through stock and it's proven through how much money they're making. Most people have stopped going to a store. They got used to doing it from home. So Amazon will drop off just about anything. I I think last time I saw you can get a tiny house on Amazon. Yes. Okay. Number two, either groceries. So our grocery store out here is Myers for $7. I can shop online and a nice lady will bring it all to my porch. I don't have to leave the house because the nice people are bringing me my groceries. And I got to tell you, $7 versus two hours of my time 
plus whatever random things I pick up because I'm like a squirrel. <laughs> it, it's it's much easier to do right. that. And let's say I want to eat right now. Well, there's a whole industry for that too. Mm-hmm. So we've already started designing industries to not leave home. But what you're talking about is you're going to stop leaving the room. Exactly. You will now take your home space and shrink it down even more. So really, that can be a problem. Really, it depends on the ventilation of the place and if you've taken some steps to make it better. But I think anytime we're in a small enclosed space for long periods of time, we're putting ourselves at risk anyway. So I mean, everybody's going to be taking vitamin D tablets if there's not a window nearby. <laughs> yeah, I, I see that, you know, there's going to be these large um you know meta cafes essentially where you you bring your headset and and you can meet up with friends or or other people alike and you know it, it is essentially going to become a thing to where there will be more of these spaces designed for these uses but less actual spaces for anything else you know like meta could potentially kill off museums and art galleries and your your teacher's not taking you to, you know, on a field trip to the planetarium anymore because you can experience it all and probably even more in the classroom. Your cafes like that mm-hmm. are temporary. That's where people are going to learn to use it. But if we've learned anything through COVID, people stay home if True. given the opportunity. So you'll probably have a comfortable chair that lays back. You'll put on your headset and you'll spend the next six hours in a world that doesn't exist or sorry, a digital world. It exists. It's just not where you are physically at. Mm -hmm. So the important things are to understand, first of all, that that sick building syndrome can exist. That is first and foremost, that when you smell something, it's a contaminant, pleasant or not. And to be mindful of that, you know, a lot of times in realistic sustainability, we don't get all yelly and screamy at you. We just try to teach you which is which and you do what you can. And that's what this is. Understand that if you smell it, it's a contaminant. It doesn't matter if it came from you, the dog, the carpet, whatever. It is particles in the air triggering it in your brain and you're sucking them down into your lungs. So Number one, make sure your home has as good of ventilation as humanly possible. Bathrooms have vents to the outside. Laundries have vents to the outside. You know, uh, anything that is gas-driven is vented as it's supposed to. Now, granted, you're keeping it out of your house. You're moving it to the atmosphere. But first things first, we take care of you. Then we work on other stuff when it comes to the environment. But so first of all, first and foremost, the best possible airflow and air movement, keeping air going. Now, the best defense overall is good air filters, good ones, real ones, not just the ones you can buy that stop like a squirrel from moving through, but things with small enough spots and they're expensive. Mm hmm which is a problem too. These are things that need to be subsidized so they're affordable because we would spend a lot less on air filters than we would healthcare. Wow. So these these ones with better MERV ratings is what they're called. You, you want to go with good filters. And here's the deal. You spend a ton of money on a filter and you want to leave it there for three years. It doesn't work like that. We have to swap them. It doesn't matter if you have a small air filter in your room or the one on your furnace. Those have to be changed on a regular basis to continue to catch all of that. Because over time, you're you're cleaning the overall environment that you're in. And that is by far the best way to get as much of it at a high volume as quickly as possible during the furnace running or the air conditioner running. Now, there are a few other things. I know this one is a bit debated, but primarily debated from air quality companies that sell filters. Mm. Plants, plants, plants can, certain plants uh, basically absorb certain chemicals Mm. and all of them absorb CO2, which is a contaminant to us. So plants, it takes a lot of plants if you want to purify a room. It basically turns it into a jungle, but every plant you have helps. It certainly does not hurt. They give off oxygen, and oxygen is not only a cooling, but a it's a pretty good thing for us. So that is something that, that can be done. I, I wouldn't say it's as efficient or as useful as 
really good filters. But honestly, I think plants do more than clean the air, but also help your attitude. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a there's there's other benefits to plants other than the oxygen and the air scrubbing. I was waiting for that one to jump out because my my wife is is a huge, huge, huge believer in plants. There are plants in, I don't want to say every room, but almost every room in the house. Like there is a plant somewhere around it and and she's all about, you know, the air quality and and making sure that, um, you know, we keep them because they do, they do absorb, you know, that, that those toxins, some toxins that are in the air, um, and I was curious about that too. Like, can you outpace a good air filter with enough plants? I guess, but I, I got, I got the, I got the answer to my question there. Unless you are legitimately living in in a greenhouse, you're you're probably not going to be able to do that. So practically, uh, controlling your air quality uh, is is going to be the better strategy. Well, and so I love the smell of a greenhouse because it's a high oxygen environment. But as for clean air, because uh, air filter is never going to give you more oxygen. Mm-hmm. It's just going to pull the contaminants out of the air. So plants have one advantage. But if you're living in an older house, it's time to invest more in better filtering systems. Because that is going to be the best possible way to reduce the amount of contaminants that you breathe. And I'm a big plant person, by the way. Also, ton of natural light because some of those things in the air are living. And, you know, you see UV light that they put inside of furnaces now to help stop viruses and, and different living organisms. These 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 organic compounds that are coming through there. Uh, I think it's VOCs. And so a lot of natural light does the same thing. So having the curtains open, the natural light in, on top of the fact that you'll feel better because you're getting vitamin D and it's nice outside. Now, if it's gray outside, yeah, it's up to you. But getting nice, good sunlight into the house can do several different things, including zap some of those things that are in the air and get them gone. Dusting. Now, here's another thing. When you take your vacuum, next time the sun is beating into the room and you got that like light that shines to the floor, move your vacuum right into that light because you can see dust. Right. Real good in the sun like that. Plug that bad boy in and turn it on. It's like a dust explosion when that motor kicks on. The filters in those vacuums are just as important as the one in the house. Because the moment you turn that on and start the air pressure, it just fires everything into the air. Hmm. Jamie couldn't be in the house when I vacuumed before we had one that filtered with water. Because nothing comes out the back of this one now. Right. Okay. But our other one, if, if she's here at Dabble, she really has a hard time using the vacuum. Or if I use it, she can tell when she gets there, like, oh, did you just vacuum? Because of how much it just spits it up into the air. Yeah, you're just recycling it at that point. Yeah, a good, ch- I mean, yes, it's filling the canister. But another chunk of it is coming out the back of the exhaust. Right. So those filters on those are not permanent. Those have to be changed too on a regular basis or they're no longer useful. Mm. So yeah, next time you got light coming in the room, you want to really be disappointed in your vacuum. That's, <laughs> that's the task right there. Uh, reduce the amount of carpet because you can walk around with a Swiffer and get everything. Right. But it, a carpet is a holding space. It, 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 have you ever tore up carpet before? There's like mm-hmm. sand underneath it. Yeah. That is just, contaminant over time constantly f- going through the whole filtering process until you get a sandbox under your padding that is under your carpet you will never get it all out mm-hmm. and i understand i have always loved carpet for the warmth because we live in michigan right but little by little it's all disappearing mm-hmm. Rugs can be cleaned outside. They can be washed. Our carpet can't. And that is, that's one of those things to where, you know, I, I, playing devil's advocate, I would hear a lot of people go, well, I, I can't particularly get rid of my carpet because I can't afford it. Or, you know, I don't want to because, you know, my cost of heating is going to skyrocket with hardwood floors. Are there, are there any other alternatives outside of ditching carpet completely? Filters, 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 because you know what's coming in the air. Mm-hmm. 
it doesn't matter if and now if you rip that carpet out and bought new carpet it smells like new carpet mm-hmm. and by the time it stops smelling like new carpet it has the same contaminants as your old carpet so it doesn't matter so if you and, and again realistic sustainability we do the things knowing what the results are and we mm-hmm. try to compensate to the best of our abilities in different ways so make sure that you have better filtering processes you know keep the carpet don't spend the money on replacing it but spend a little more on that filter you put into the furnace spend a, you know maybe get a couple uh, you go through garage sales and you find some nice air filters for the rooms do those and spend a little on the on the filters for those compensate in some way because i think one of the things when it comes to sick building syndrome is taking it serious knowing that it exists and trying to minimize the effect now you really want to do something go outside i mean yes there's there's contaminants out there too but it's those enclosed spaces that hurt us most right because outside you know and and i'm not uh as well versed with it with you as you are but i would assume outside you have less of a chance of running into you know this thing that has been recycled 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 right fresh air is a genuine thing and so when you're outside you're you're taking in just that even though there's still contaminants outside and we know that um unless you live in a, a an industrial city you know or somewhere where there's a lot of factories i would i would like to imagine that it's going to be the best solution anyway though right oh i mean people who go hiking not only are they getting exercise they're surrounded by green mm-hmm. you know and you're going to get a much cleaner air in those cases so here's one of the things that bothers me about the trajectory of our future it was really funny in the 80s when people started seeing bottled water like it's water guys we get water anywhere we want water when did I get so thirsty? I got to take my own private piece of water or bottle of water with me everywhere I go. It's a billion dollar industry. Mm-hmm. When Jamie and I were on a trip, I think it was about a year ago. I, I said it on the show. I saw canned air. So oh, this is canned air from the mountains, you know, over in this special country. It's still just air. And they're mm-hmm. literally just pumping it out and put pressurizing it in a can. It reminds me of space balls in a sense. You know, the, uh, that movie there, Cracking Cans of Perrier. <laughs> but if we continue to contaminate environments and we have factories contaminating even the environment of cities and you have to go far away to get a, to a clean atmosphere where you can go hiking and have that smell of fresh air, not all of us can do it. Either right. A, we're working too many hours just to survive, or B, I don't have a way to get there. Mm-hmm. They're going to start buying canned air as a luxury item i find that to be grossly unacceptable i'm already a little ticked off about the water as we all know but you start doing it with (laughs) air you've got i'm gonna get angry yeah i i I try not to poke the bear so much with the bottled water thing anymore but uh listen if if i see canned air as a thing you better believe i will bring several shows worth of material to you (laughs) (laughs) so we just need to take air seriously Mm-hmm. And we need to, to the best of our ability, not allow companies to taint that air and then be mindful of the spaces we're in because we get one life that we know of and we want to make sure it's as long as we want it to be. And that's going to be something that helps. So we want to take our air quality very seriously. Absolutely. So if you had to, you know, it kind of encapsulate or in a nutshell the discussion around um sick building syndrome as i asked you in the beginning of the show to explain it to me like i'm five how would you to the average person how would you propose a a, a short quick fix uh you know or or improving air quality to somebody that's interested in doing it i I know we went over all the different ways that you can improve it but let's encapsulate it in in a short brief elevator pitch what do we need to do well first of all if you're an individual who has chronic illness make sure you see a physician that is first and foremost they will always know more than than i do and if you're not getting 
the correct answers, responses, or help, get a new physician. Just because you've had this physician for a long time does not mean we don't get second uh, second opinions. Your, your health is 100% worth it every single time. Now, if you are an individual with chronic illness and no one can really seem to pinpoint where it's at, that's when I would say, let's take a chance and change some actions around the house. Maybe we save up a few extra dollars to have a professional cleaning service come in and clean. Maybe, And I just found out it is outrageously expensive to have a company come in and clean your air ducts. My house, it would be $800. Mm-hmm. So I'm not necessarily sure that is something that is achievable by many. I sure the heck didn't want to do it. And I didn't. But you can take the vacuum hose and go as far as you can mm-hmm. and start minimizing some of that stuff. But really, what I'm going to tell you is if you have chronic illness and you don't know where it's coming from, buy better filters. And if you live in an apartment complex, look into a good air filter. A lot of companies and a lot of people buy super expensive $1,200, $1,000 air filters, and then they end up on Marketplace. Go get it for 50 to 100 bucks, and just make sure you spend the money on replacing the filters when they're supposed to be replaced and see if it helps. That might be a small cost than always feeling bad. And that's where I say, you know, if you have this, now if every winter you're not feeling good, Welcome to the rest of us. Vitamin D is a real thing. But if the you know you itchiness or scratching or dryness and you have humidifiers everywhere and you're still getting this, maybe it's time to look. Maybe it's time to see. Look for standing water. Get some UV light in there. Pull the curtains up. You know, do some things to help yourself. Really, what I want everybody to know is that it's a thing, and you can do things about it. Awesome. So. Really, that's all we have for this week. So you got to go and experience something completely different than you would have even ever discussed on Curated Culture. Ever. You, <laughs> you, ever. Learning about the, the ways to improve your home. Now, notice we're not doing doom and gloom. It can be helped. That's not why we do things here. We want to focus on the things that we can do to make things better. And as long as everybody's doing these little steps, finding these little things, knowing that, you know, it exists and okay, that smell or this smell, I I can probably get rid of that by doing this, this, or this, then we're going to come out ahead. We're always going to do better. So that's all we had for this week. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with a friend or on social media. If you wanted to help realistic sustainability, click that like, click that follow, leave me a five-star review. You know from last week's episode that I obviously read them. I responded to one of them, and it makes me feel good. And, of course, if you want, if if realistic sustainability, you feel like it brings value to you, go to the website, readingyourlife.org forward slash podcast or anchor.fm and search realistic sustainability. That's where you can donate that 99 cents a month, that little bit that helps us chug, chug right along week after week here at realistic sustainability we always appreciate it and we you know and for those of you who already do thank you very much rob you've got to plug your stuff before i close us all the way out so you know you gotta i gotta hear about curated culture and all that fun jazz yeah we will hear about curated culture but first but first I'm going to plug uh, something that I'm really excited for, which is um, a collaboration of sorts between uh, Greening Your Life and the Curated Culture. We're going to kind of be putting our brains together and bringing you uh, a mix of some new um, social media content for Greening Your Life specifically. We're going to be throwing out some sound sound bites, uh, infographics, things to help you make those changes in your life. As Mike always likes to say, little bit, little bit, big bit. Uh, so be on the lookout for those things uh, across the Green in Your Life socials. I'm sure Mike will share those uh, shortly. As for me, I am a huge, massive, giant nerd. I talk about all things tech, pop culture, and society over on my site, The Curated Culture. And uh, you can catch up with me in all of my wackiness uh, via The Curated Culture uh, at The Curated Culture on Facebook and Instagram or underscore Curated Culture on Twitter. Or you can follow me personally at Robbie Diesel if you want some uh, fun rants about pro wrestling or sneakers, because uh, as you can see, I'm very much into those. 
so yeah man thank you i appreciate you always having me on i i genuinely enjoy doing these because there's not been one time that i've been on that i have not learned something and i'm a big believer and a big fan in what you do it is necessary and it is needed today so thank you very much for having me man you're gonna make me blush <laughs> <laughs> Well, no, and really do I do appreciate you always bring a new and fresh perspective. It's something that is very, I think, helpful to the show. And I do appreciate you always taking the time to join us here. And remember, not only you, but everybody else, we're only getting together each week to get a little bit better. That little bit, little bit, big bit. I promise over time, if you just keep your head down, keep doing the right thing, you'll look back someday and go, man, look how far I've come. So thank you all very much for listening. I'm Mike. I am Rob. And at least I will see you next week. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, everybody? My name is Rob, and I'm the host of The Curated Culture, a weekly podcast dedicated to dissecting the latest and greatest news from around the world of tech and pop culture. Now, we all know the internet can be a busy, noisy place, so let us calm that noise for you. Join us as we discuss the latest and greatest topics from the people and sources that matter most. Check us out every Thursday as we jump into fresh, original content, new interviews, and a host of other subjects that we know you'll find interesting. So jump in whatever your favorite podcast app is and search The Curated Culture. Make sure you subscribe to the show so you don't miss an episode. And in the meantime, we'll catch y'all on the air.